0: Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who was at the Father's side. He has made him known. Our God is the God who speaks. Some people have tried to describe him as the unmoved mover or the ground of our being. Now that would be adequate if God were impersonal and unknowable. But he's not impersonal. He is the God of relationships, the God who is love. In the beginning when he made the universe, he brought everything into being by his word not like a magician who speaks into nothing and makes things appear, but as a conversation of love between Father, Son and Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus, the Son, is called the Word. He's always delighted to do His Father's will. Whenever the Father speaks, the Son is immediately there acting with the Holy Spirit to bring about the Father's good and perfect plan. And God is not only knowable, but He wants to be known and so He speaks and He has spoken to us. We are designed to be creatures who receive our life, both physical and spiritual, from hearing the Word of God and who know Fullness and abundance of life as we respond in joyful and loving obedience to him. The beginning was just that, the beginning. When Father, Son and Spirit created the world through their word, they set it in motion towards a goal. The already perfect and good creation would become so filled with the glory of God that every creature led by humanity as great high priests would sing the praises of God for eternity. As the Word, Jesus is the only way that we may see and know and comprehend God. It's through Him alone that we may worship the Father and it's through Him that we may finally understand ourselves and our place in this world. Grant to us, Lord, that we may set our hope on your name, which is the primal source of all creation, and open the eyes of our hearts that we may know you, who alone dwells in the highest heavens, holy in the holy, who lays low the insolence of the proud, who sets the lowly on high and brings the lofty low, who makes rich and makes poor, who kills and makes alive. Who alone is the benefactor of spirits And the God of all flesh Who looks into the abyss Who scans the works of man The provider of those who are in peril The saviour of those who are in despair The creator and overseer of every spirit Who multiplies the nations on earth And has chosen out from all those that love you Through Jesus Christ your beloved Son Through whom you instructed us sanctified us, and honoured us. You, Lord, created the earth. You are faithful throughout all generations, righteous in your judgments, marvellous in strength and excellence. You are wise in creating and prudent in establishing that which you have made. You are good in the things which are seen and faithful with those who trust in you, merciful and compassionate. Lord, Make your face shine on us in peace for our good, that we may be sheltered by your mighty hand and delivered from every sin by your uplifted arm. The fall of humanity from our high calling as image bearers of God didn't spoil his plan. It didn't rob creation of this magnificent goal. In fact, in the mystery of his infinite wisdom and goodness, the entry of sin and evil and death into the world would be used to magnify even more the lavish mercy and holiness of God in a way that it wouldn't be otherwise. From even before the beginning, it was always the plan that the Father would send His Son into the world to redeem sinners from their own sin, evil and death, so that we may praise Him not only for His glory, but for His glorious grace. So, He spoke through His messengers, down through the ages, step by step, revealing His plan, showing each stage using prophets who spoke and sang and wrote his words, each of them in their own way pointing people forward to when the fullness of time would come. God's people, Israel, had to wait patiently for centuries, listening, looking and longing. John the Baptist stood at the end of this great line of prophets, Unlike all of his predecessors, he did not say that the day was coming, but that the day had arrived in the arrival of Jesus. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, ruler of the universe, creator of light and darkness. In this holy season, you renew your promise to reveal among us the splendor of your glory, enfleshed, And visible to us in Jesus Christ your Son. Through the prophets you teach us to hope for his reign of peace. Through the outpouring of his spirit. You open our blindness to the glory of his presence. Strengthen us in our weakness. Support us in our stumbling efforts to do your will. And free our tongues to sing your praise. For to you all honour and blessing are due now and forever. Amen. Even though every detail of creation shouts to us the reality of God and his power and the thoughts and the motives of our hearts and consciences whisper to us of our moral accountability to him, we've suppressed the truth in arrogance and pride. Regardless of who we are, where we come from, whatever nation, people, tribe or tongue, we're all the same, equal both in our humanity and in our sin. The story of Israel in the Bible stands as a snapshot, a cameo in the drama of human history to illustrate that we are all alike, stubborn, self-ambitious inclined to worship anything and anyone apart from the true and living God. So, when even Jesus' own people did not receive him, that came as no surprise. They demonstrated on our behalf that we've neither desired nor deserved salvation. We have no idea what's best for us and even if we did, we would not pursue it because it involves living not for our own glory but for God's glory. Salvation cannot be earned or achieved by us. It must be by grace alone, through faith alone, not by doing but by looking to that which has been done, by simply receiving and believing in the God who has been perfectly shown to us In Jesus. Lord of Christmas peace, we have done wrong. We have tarnished the gift that you gave freely. We have buried you so deeply in our hearts the world doesn't see you. We have not followed Christ, we have ignored your teachings, we have lived lives of apathy against your love. We have built fences and fortresses to push people away and we have silenced the screams of those in need. Forgive us, we pray. Free us from our sin. Free us to live a life lived in joy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In our sinfulness, we expect, we demand that God's glory be spectacular and indisputable. We want him to write across the sky in letters of fire, I am real, or to speak with a thundering voice to everyone at the same time, or in countless other ways that we think will convince us. Instead, he has made his glory to be seen in a way that only those with eyes to see can see. A humble birth to a poor family in a quiet corner of the world, made known only to angels, shepherds and a few foreign sages, is how the Son stepped into our world and clothed Himself in our humanity. When we sing Christmas carols each year, do we stop and think how crazy it all sounds, that the whole of human history would turn on this moment, that the whole world each year acknowledges and celebrates a story that many or most don't even believe or give a second thought to at other times throughout the year. This is how our God makes his glory known and how he shows us that he is grace and truth and is accessible to us, veiled in the humanity of Jesus. As John, the writer of these words, wrote elsewhere, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life With wonder. You come to be with us, yet you remain far greater than we can imagine. You are near, yet your wisdom sets you apart from us. You appear among us, yet we cannot describe your glory. We greet your coming, God, with repentance. We are more or less satisfied with ourselves, but your presence exposes our sin and failure. We are self confident. But you challenge our confidence in ourselves. We are proud of our understanding, but you show us that we do not know everything. We greet your coming, God, with joy. We had no true idea of what you are like, but you have shown us yourself in Jesus Christ. We felt our human life could be of no importance to you, but you have shown its value by appearing among us as a man. We are aware of the gulf between us and you, but you have bridged it with love. God, we greet your coming in Jesus Christ our Lord. Grace isn't merely receiving that which we don't deserve, but receiving the opposite of what we actually deserve. The law given through Moses, what many people know by its summary in the Ten Commandments, shows us what we really deserve by exposing our sin and our hypocrisy. It tells us what true humanity looks like and it brings home to us our moral responsibility before God and one another to live in line with that. But it also shows us how we have constantly failed and will never be able in our own steam to reach that standard. Even worse, it uncovers our desires to reject the law of love and instead to love ourselves over and above God and over and above our neighbour. But, Grace and truth has come to us in Jesus Christ. He went from the manger to the cross. The goal of his humanity was to become mortal, to die in the place of sinners, just as that had been planned and decreed from before the beginning. Glenn Scrivener puts it wonderfully in these words, God in a manger, defenceless, enfleshed, Emmanuel crying and fighting for breath. God in a manger, wriggling and raw, laid out on the wood, enthroned on the straw. God at Golgotha, pierced in his flesh, Emmanuel crying and fighting for breath. God at Golgotha, forsaken and lost, stretched out on the wood, enthroned on the cross. Because of his death and resurrection, he may be believed and the life that he gives may be received. More than that, God calls all people everywhere to turn to him, To turn away from our sin and to know ourselves not merely as saved sinners or reinstated servants, but as children of the Father. Lord Jesus Christ, we worship and adore you. As God, you are in the bosom of your father. As man, you are in the womb of your mother. As God, you fill all things. As man you are confined to a cradle. As God, you are clothed in a robe of glory. As man, you are wrapped in coarse swaddling bands. As God, you are encircled by millions of bright angels. As man, you are in the company of Joseph and Mary. As God, you are all-sufficient and without need. As man, you submit to an inglorious condition. With what less than ravishment of spirit can I behold you, who from everlasting were clothed with glory, now wrapped in rags, cradled in a manger, exposed to hunger, weariness, danger, contempt? Into what ecstasies may I be cast to see the judge of all the world accused, to see the Lord of life dying on the tree of shame, to see the eternal Son struggling with his Father's wrath? Oh where has your love for mankind Carried you Had you sent creatures to serve us Prophets to advise us Angels to minister to us Had you come to visit us To weep for us That would have been a great mercy But you came yourself And you came to lay down your life blood For all your people That you should be cursed That we might be blessed Forsaken That we might not be forsaken Condemned that we might be acquitted oh what raptures of spirit can be sufficient for the admiration of this so infinite mercy be swallowed up o oh, my soul in this depth of divine love listen to the attributes of god mercy cries i am abused patience cries i am despised goodness cries I am wronged, holiness cries, I am contradicted. All come to the Father crying out for justice. Listen as Christ steps in, I will bear all and satisfy all. Look upon him as he hangs on the cross, all naked, all torn, all bloody, between heaven and earth, as if cast out of heaven and thrown up. By earth. O love more deep than hell, O love more high than heaven, the brightest seraphim are but as sparkles to the mighty flame of love in the heart of Jesus. Amen.